friends! Welcome to our very awesome Christmas special! I think it will be very awesome. This is our Everest. Greetings, Culture Vultures, and welcome to This Is Our Christmas Everest, the podcast that doesn't necessarily have anything to say on this subject. Well, (laughs) was it a rash decision? We had to take one of the things out of this last four for technical reasons, and I'm surprised that it's taken nearly 50 podcasts for it to happen, but one of the things we were going to watch got taken off of YouTube. Yeah. And then there was some general vacillation about other things. And you broke all the rules yep. by choosing a 2011 yep. program, children's program, the full title of which, and I think we should respect the form, yep. is a very awesome Yo Gabba Gabba Christmas special. It's a good name, isn't it? It is a good name, but you are wondering whether or not you've got anything to say about it. Yeah, I mean, it's very awesome. Um, <laughs> sh- should be clear. Uh, should be clear for the And I enjoyed it. Well, you watched it twice. In the sense that, that I can enjoy kids' shows now, because I have kids. It's it's a really weird thing. I wouldn't have been able to watch CBeebies, say, ten years ago. But nowadays, I can actually sit and watch it quite happily. All day, yeah. You're, I, mean, I think I, that I think that having young children allows you to detune de- your brain in the direction of a young child. I think that's very possible. I mean, it's not a bad program, and obviously, children's TV has come a long way since I was young. It, although it's very fashionable to harken back to the children's TV from when you were young and say that it was the best, it actually it wasn't. Children's TV now is much better. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah. there were some good, there were some good programs and programs that I enjoyed. Pigeon Street always comes to mind, mm-hmm. and um, so there are some programs that will no doubt come up later in this podcast. Bertha is one, lovely Bertha. Compare it to Peppa Pig or Hey Dougie, and it's just an absolute crock of shit. Yeah, and a lot of people don't like Peppa Pig, you know. They, they, it's it's because it's very um, very aggressive in its kind of positioning for toys and the like. Maybe they um, just don't like pigs. Yeah, some people really object to that. Uh, I mean, I read an article where they explained that basically uh, the merchandising for Peppa Pig pays for the program to be made. Well, I'm sure um, it does, and delivers them. A, you know, and they deliver. A, a fairly handsome profit on it. From, I mean, it's got its own theme yeah, park now, hasn't it? Yeah, Peppa Pig. Yeah, from you know global TV sales and what have you. And the thing is, that in a kind of well, you know, in a in a commercial environment, that's you got to do what you got to do, and that kind of sucks a bit, but it doesn't make it any less true. So you might as well be good at it. The high point for kids TV at the moment is CBeebies which is an extraordinary achievement as a television channel 
um, to make a full suite of thought-out programs, which are almost entirely have some form of educational aspect to it, no matter how well it's masked, um, and, and spaced out in an intelligent way throughout the day you can see from looking at the schedule it's certainly better than your idea for a children's channel which was just threads 24 yeah. hours a day threads 24 but but it's you know it's and and yo gabba gabba reflects that now the thing yeah. is that i picked it because i've never seen a full episode of it before and this was a christmas <laughs> episode so i was like okay i can kill two birds with one stone and you're an idiot that's the triumvirate there. Yeah, I do have a kind of lengthy compilation of Yo Gabba Gabba on <laughs> uh, my hard drive, but or my like my external hard drive, which has got yeah. all my films and TV shows and what have you on it. But I've I haven't really gotten round to watching it, and actually because it's quite an old file, the quality's not very good either. And I I think it's a program that I needed to see in high definition. Certainly high definition. Definitely the most high def of any of the programs we've watched yeah, so far. Yeah, because it is colourful. That's the one thing it is above anything else. It's big, bright, bold colours. Yeah, it's almost plasticky. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's deliberate. You know, it's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah. It's 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 got this kind of video game feel to it because that's what kids do now. You know. Yeah. I mean, Yo Gabba Gabba, it's presented by DJ Lance Rock. Yep. Who is a man with magnificent sideboards. He's great, isn't and he? And an entirely orange outfit. He's great, isn't he? What what an engaging presence. Well, he's all, I mean, he's all right. Like, <laughs> I mean... No, but uh, no, you know, I'm going to kind of offer the... the broader broader perspective on this is that he's got such a huge smile he does it's like a sunrise it spreads across right the way across like the bottom half of his face who was it who did the psychological experiment about that they found that even in babies like practically newborn babies the baby will react more positively to an image the more it looks like a smiling face it's like it's actually innate in us to to react well to it you can't help it maybe it was dj lance rock who funded that quite plausibly he comes on he's got an enormous uh boom box yeah and he's got a gingerbread house yeah and the boom box opens up into uh essentially a, like a carry case in which he's got his five pals yeah, uh, yeah. And the five monsters that are the heroes of yo gabba gabba are muno who is a red cyclops yep. who looks like a dildo ribbed for her pleasure yep. broby he's a hairy green monster with a monobrow he looks like a pickle yeah he does fufa who is a pink bubble cornflower yep 2d who's a blue cat dragon and I have no actual evidence, but I'm sure I'm right. Your favourite, Plex, who's a yellow robot. Yeah, he's pretty good, isn't he? And why is he your favourite? Because he's a robot. He's a robot, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Are, you go- are you going against the word of the robots? And might I remind you of what happened the last time you did that? Any of these programmes, actually, not just Yo Gabba Gabba, but any of these 
where you've got uh, an ensemble cast of characters, a lot of them have more or less identical personalities. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was nice to see that Plex actually had some special skills, which we'll get into. Yeah. There were also some special guests, some special human guests. Tory Spelling, who was perhaps the most plasticky thing huh? on display they, in the whole episode. When they said that in the opening titles, I, I just assumed I'd misheard it. Yeah. And uh, and then suddenly, about what whatever it was, five ten minutes later, there she is. Yeah, well, let's not forget Tony Hawk as well, the skateboarding legend who looks fabulously excited to be there. Oh, doesn't he just? But he's great, though, isn't he, Tony? I assume Hawk? that, and and I've read into this a little bit, and Go Gabba Gabba has got a huge array of celebrity guests down the years yes it does presumably these are people who are doing it so they can be on their kids favorite tv program if you get an opportunity to appear on this crazy mad program that your kids are just going to watch you might you know if it were me you might not even tell them oh yeah well why not yeah give them a bit of a shock Especially in a Christmas edition. Yeah, I mean the scope for that is enor- for, for for it is enormous. And the thing is that all you have to do is be child friendly, and be you yeah, know yeah. if you can vaguely educational. If, if you just you know. yeah, if you just rein it in for two minutes, you can be on Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah, and and you're going to reach a massive audience both of parents and of children. Because, again, this is a programme that I'm fully aware the parents were watching as well. Now, it's Christmas in Gabaland, and the monsters and and one robot are getting ready for Christmas. They're very excited. They've, uh, they sing a song about getting ready for Christmas, during yep. which they light a fire in the fireplace. And it's such an exciting and happy time that even the fire is happy to be on fire. Yeah. <laughs> big, big old no, grin. Yeah, I and mean, that's that's meta. What ensues is essentially it's part live action, it's part animated, and there are little inserts of just dancing kids. There are yep. a, a little stabs of this, that and the other. And then there's a... a broadly speaking a story about you know getting ready for father christmas and worrying about what you're going to get father christmas as a present yeah uh and uh and you know all of the friends that you make along the way i think my favorite friend that i made along the way was a fella called mark who was dressed for reasons best known to himself as an artist from a comic strip <laughs> yes uh he had a keyboard and yep. He suggests to the gang that the best present to give anybody is a present that you've made yourself. I'm just standing out in the snow, playing my keyboard by myself. What are you doing? We're trying to think of a present to get for Santa Claus. Hmm, present for the big guy, huh? Well, why don't you make him something? Make him something! Because it it comes from you, it comes from your own being. Enter Tony Hawk. What present would you make for Santa, Tony Hawk? Katie and I made an eggplant with googly eyes and a spoon duct taped to it. It was an aubergine with googly eyes and a wooden spoon stuck in it. (laughs) Yeah, it was brilliant. Just imagine getting that off Tony Hawk. You'd be like, well, well, fuck. (laughs) Skateboarding not working out for you this year, Tone, is it? If he gave that to you for your birthday or for Christmas. 
don't tell me you wouldn't be absolutely fucking delighted. I would be. I'd be straight off to, like, varnish that aubergine. It was a pretty special present. I understood when he brought that present out that uh, why he might have looked so pleased with himself in the opening titles. He's so happy to be there. (laughs) (laughs) Madeline and Brian from the band, not the Canadian rock and roll band, but just Madeline and Brian's Mm -hmm. band. They turn up, they're cold, and they're looking for their grandma's house. Opportunity for, therefore, for a song and some hot chocolate, and the song is about how much they like hot chocolate. Yeah, well, you know, it's a perfectly reasonable thing to sing about at that precise time, isn't it? Well, I would say so. Flex then demonstrates his robot skills and is able to beam them up to grandma's house. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, her address is 123 Candy Cane Lane, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think is a demonstration that you didn't write the script for this episode. Yeah. Because you, I don't know where Grandma would have lived, but it wouldn't have been at number 123. Yeah, well, yeah, that's quite, that's <laughs> Let's quite, not. that is quite true. The gang then go on a drive in a little buggy. Mm-hmm. They all buckle up very, uh, very deliberately, get their seatbelts on. But then nobody seems to be bothered about steering the thing. Ah, well, so you know. quite how serious they are about safety. Artistic license. It's just constant stream of visual and auditory stimulation. Yeah, it's a lot to take in. It, it, they, they, you know, this is another program we've done. The, a few, we've had a few of these where they pack a lot in. It's stuff on top of stuff. Yeah. Tory Spelling turns up to make cookies. Yeah, you know. DJ Lance Rock turns up to sing a song at the piano from Imagine. But therein lies another tale because DJ Lance Rock, for the most part of this episode, has been vastly larger than everybody else. Yeah. And and now he's down at the right size. Yeah. I mean, there's one bit. I suspect. Uh, I think it was my favourite bit of the programme. All I've written down here is it feels so good to gift a fully wrapped horse <laughs> there was a bit where somebody was wrapping a horse it's it's hard to lose sight of that it does what it says on the tin it is very awesome you can't argue with the awesomeness of it because there's no way that you you know you you just get swept along with it it's like a kind of 20 minute long tidal wave yeah but I mean, the thing is that i thought this program was going to be really fucking wild Really, really hallucinogenic. You know, I, I thought I might need, you know, a lay down in a darkened room after I'd watched it. <laughs> and actually, I think that watching it was just for me now, just an just an enjoyable experience. Yeah, the same as so much of it is. But, you know, because uh, I I know I talk at great length about my love of Hey Dougie, but there are other programs now that I will more than happily sit and watch i can't begin to tell you how much pleasure it gives me that that picture of bernard cribbins in tears uh has become a meme (laughs) 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 because every time i see it and people from like you know america use it and all over the world use it and they just use it because it's a it's a it's a brilliant picture. Yeah. Without even realizing that it's from like CBeebies kids show. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's just swell. And uh, and always when like when Dougie 
does something that breaks through into the broader culture yeah. is always a pleasure to see. I mean, I like Hey Dougie, the programme, but I'm suspicious of Dougie himself. Yeah, well... I, I question his motives. Solely and I because question... he is effectively a scout leader. I mean, that's basically what the squirrels Well, is. it's not just that. It's not just every everybody else can speak, but hey, Dougie just barks. Yeah, well, no, he, he communicates. You know, they he clearly what it doesn't matter that we can't understand exactly what he's saying. The squirrels can understand exactly what he's saying, and that's what matters. We're just onlookers. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. I mean, I, I've I've obviously not seen as many episodes of hey dougie as, as you have so uh, there's no denying that you're more expert in in the realm of hey dougie than i am oh god i mean the thing is that i've seen so many more episodes of so many shows oh, on sure. that channel than you i imagine you've seen all of them, um to the point that you can mouth your way through certain episodes i like uh i like swashbuckle oh christ which is their kind of sort of game showy thing which is based around pirates and well, treasure well, and what have story you. checks out the hope yeah the host of that is really hot <laughs> is it hey Dougie? by the way no her, her gem her name is oh, okay the char- i don't know if that's the character or the because she plays a character as well everybody plays a character but that swashbuckle is funny it is an important trope if, uh, for you know middle-aged dads finding the people on CBeebies furiously attractive. Uh, yeah, obviously, obviously, but you know, it's um, yeah, she's but she's great. You know, she's uh, she's full of smiles and happiness. Well, it sounds like you know. some arresting and to TV. Be honest, yeah, and to be honest, but yeah, well, it's got um, they have like some uh, there's a there's a naughty captain sort of thing, <laughs> and uh, there's two the ship's cook. And somebody else, I can't Please remember. Please tell me there's a parrot. Uh, yeah, I think there's a parrot, yeah. I think there's is, it a, talk- is it a puppet? Yeah, look, I, think oh. a, I think there's a puppet talking parrot. Oh, and in the middle God. of all of this, there's all these kids running around doing these things. And they introduce them at the start and they'll be like, uh, this is Edward. His favourite hobby is masturbating into a sock. And his <laughs> pirate name is Jolly Roger Edward. And they'll do that for each kid, like they'll they'll just give they'll they'll and they'll be standing there, kind of twenty five percent dressed as a pirate, waving, and uh, they'll do it for each kid who's who's in the program. It's I like pretty, the sound yeah. of this kid. He uh, yeah. seems like he's after my own heart. Yeah, I mean, so, so, yeah, Swashbuckle is really good. Um, I like the things with Andy, who is a guy who does like natural history stuff and animal stuff. He's a kind of young. David Attenborough for kids. Yeah. So he's, he has one. He's David pro- Andyborough. Yeah, he's got one program where he works in a museum where there's a time machine and he can go back to the time as a dinosaur. And that's called uh. Andy's Dinosaur Adventures. Uh, <laughs> well, that, does, that, I mean, that's made for you, isn't it? Yeah, and he does another one where he's like in a zoo um, oh, and he's like a zookeeper. And, he does, and, and it's just really cool stuff. And then they have a cookery program for small kids at lunchtime. Which is, you know, some good educational fare, and and it just and it carries on throughout the day. Everything is nice and neatly thought out, and then at six o'clock you have um, the bedtime hour, and the presenters are in their pajamas, and the pace of the program slows. They, you know, they they have uh, it slows down to in the night garden, 
Yeah. And then right at the very end, they read a uh, a good night story. Well, I mean, yeah, and I, it's okay, and it's I, and it's lovely. It's it. I would have preferred it if instead of bedtime hour, they had the world news. <laughs> Yeah, it's more likely to get people to go to sleep, isn't it? An hour of people speaking softly in their pajamas, and then an episode of In the Night Garden. They did a little thing about Black Lives Matters. You might have seen that; it went viral. And then all the children after that won't be racist. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. Then again, I mean, actually, I mean, the thing speaking, is, I don't like, see I don't see racism being a huge problem amongst children. No, that, that seems to be a learned behaviour that's learned in adulthood. I have absolutely noticed that, you know, my kids are five and three, and it is a cliche to say I don't see colour, but those kids don't see colour. <laughs> you know? No. But it just, they don't. There are plenty of uh, minority ethnic faces on the TV today. Um,. You know, you'd argue not enough or not in the right positions or whatever, but there there are plenty. Certainly, in comparison, when I was when I was a kid, when there was Derek Griffiths and Floella Benjamin, the sainted Floella Benjamin. The, the the point is that they see plenty of non-white faces from a much earlier age. You know. Oh yeah, and of course, CBeebies was famous as well for having the uh, the presenter who was born with only half of one of her arms. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, people who watch CBeebies, which seems to be all children that I've ever mm. known in the time that CBeebies has been around, yeah, they just take that sort of stuff in their stride. Yeah, it's not a big just, deal to just, them. Yeah, and they don't... And, and like I say, you know, it's not like I'm sort of, you know, monitoring my child for signs of racial <laughs> extremism or anything <laughs> like that. But no, actually, That's what the school system's for. Actually, when you go through your life with the amount of just casual racism that there still is, you know, well, it does become noticeable the extent to which they're not like that in the slightest. So it is definitely, I think, a learned behaviour. I'll keep you posted, but I haven't heard any from a five-year-old or a three-year-old. Now, it's interesting you talk about five-year-olds and three-year-olds because this is a programme that's squarely aimed at three to five, sort of preschoolers. Yeah. Uh, and we were hoping that we might be able to get some reaction from yeah, your, I your audience. Him. I couldn't persuade him to watch it. Um, I find that more interesting than if he had actually watched it and offered his views. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is that um, they're very excited at the moment. Oh, I can imagine uh, they are. It is today is the first day of the Christmas holidays. Oh. Um, so you know, I I picked Dylan up from school yesterday, and today, I mean, all bets are off. They were up at seven o'clock and had the box of Christmas decorations out, and had just scattered them all over the floor. That was yeah. by the time I got up at like quarter to eight or whatever. Drinking like, lager for breakfast. I I allowed myself a lie in this morning because I'm on holiday as well. You know. Happy days. But there is something psychological about knowing that you're on holiday. You know? That's it. I'm on vacation. I'm on leave. I can actually do anything I like. Now. You are vacation. Vacation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Festive 
highlight. It, it was the fully wrapped horse. Yeah, know. I it thought is, it would be. It's. I mean, there's so much going on. There's so much to see. I'm always. I tell you what, actually, maybe my favourite festive moment was the optimism that it was definitely going to be a white Christmas. Um, yeah, and that it, it was definitely going to be awesome. Yeah. I mean, well, no, you know, it will be awesome because, of course, it will be awesome. It's Yo Gabba Gabba. But, it, no, it, what I mean there is that I kind of really enjoy when places have snow in the windows and imagining all the snow outside and this is part of the Christmas. And, and we all know that as a myth. To a certain degree. I mean, it's certainly in the, in the UK where we've got our old friend, the Gulf Stream, it often is a myth. Yeah, I mean, that, that I can remember two white Christmases. 1981 yeah. and 2010. I can remember maybe a couple as well. I, when, when I was very young, we lived in the West Midlands where it was much more common. Yeah. To get a white Christmas. Because it's high up as well, isn't it? Well, it's it's, yeah, it's, high, altitude, it, it's higher up and also you don't have the same amount of wind and weather systems blowing stuff over like you do by the coast. Yeah, down so here. Whatever weather know. just comes along will sit on top of you like a saucepan lid for weeks. In Brighton, it will snow in the morning and by the afternoon you wouldn't even know that it, yeah, it it's rained gone. yeah it's it's just like that isn't it it's exciting it's an exciting place to be that's why everyone's excited everyone loves it lance rock comes to brighton and gets a full erection i, I just I, i'm trying to imagine lance rock having a, a day where he's just a bit depressed and you know sat there with his head in his hands Oh, I dare Drink, say. Drinking from a bottle of Jack Daniels, but I, I can't see it somehow. Obviously not drinking from a bottle of Jack Daniels, but I wouldn't be in the slightest bit surprised if, you know, depression or something like that was something that they had managed to talk about in that programme. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Oh, um, no. Because that sort of shit's going on everywhere. You know, Sesame Street. Everybody's seen the Mr. Hooper Big bird scat that's bit. Well, yeah. Well, I try and avoid it where possible. Oh God, it's I too saw sad. it once, and it is too sad. Whatever but, you do, yeah. I mean, watch Sesame it. Street has always been dealing with issues, and you know they've got yeah, puppet, well, puppets with autism and all yeah. sorts. Yeah. Well, you know, and this is just kind of this. This program is part of that culture. Yeah. Unfortunately, for all the attempts to kind of lead it astray. And for all the attempts to try and turn back the clock, the fact of the matter is that that shit's going on anyway because the educators are in charge of it. Yeah, the people who make stuff for kids' TV are too smart to be outwitted by politicians and concerned parent groups. Yeah, they know exactly what they're doing. And it's every single thing is micromanaged. And yeah. the, the fact that you can do something at that kind of granular level and then have it look so chaotic is, I, I just think it's, a, I, I think it's a real achievement. Yeah. If you haven't got kids, if certainly if you have, maybe if you haven't got little kids, I don't know. 
maybe it doesn't work the same. Maybe my reaction to it would have been different at different points in my life. I'm pretty certain it probably would. But I mean, this is almost a decade old. But it yeah, yeah. feels completely fresh. It has, just imagine, like, say, uh, a kid's TV show from 1980 in 1990. Well, yeah, that, I mean, you, yeah? You, you, yeah, I mean, you, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're you know? not wrong. Looking fresh nine years on is a not inconsiderable achievement. Although, to be fair, high, things like high-definition cameras help with that. They do. To take something which is so minutely worked out and have it look just like a rainbow explosion is... I just think it's a brilliant achievement. I think it's... um, you know, I will, I will be forcing my kids to watch it. I will eventually not give them any choice. I'll be like, right, this is what's going on TV. You don't like it? Sucks to be you. Yeah, don't watch TV. Read a book. Yeah, do something else. I, I doubt I'll be watching another Yo Gabba Gabba through choice. But I then will. again, I know you will. But if Yo Gabba Gabba was on in any... And it's unlikely that Yo Gabba Gabba is going to be on in many of the situations I find myself in. I wouldn't be particularly perturbed by it. I would know the universe and yep. might even surprise someone by going, oh, that's Flex. He's a robot. And there you go. Because the thing is, right, by this time, and I've touched on this in previous episodes of this podcast as well, at this time it had been running for at least five or six years. Yeah. And there you are, Dropping in to an episode five years into its run, and by the end of one episode, you have a rough understanding of the universe, you know the names of the characters, and you have a favourite character. Yeah, it's true. And there are plenty of programmes that we have watched throughout this series, going back before the Christmas ones, where I've said, this is I've just been a TV show producer, has an obligation to new viewers. You need to be able to parachute people in. It's what soap operas do so well. Yeah. Um, to be able to parachute new viewers in because that will make them more, you know, if they start to identify with the characters, if they start to understand the world quickly, they will be more likely to stay. Well, um, well, um, incidentally, my festive highlight is anything involving Tony Hawk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Either the beginning bit where he's just delighted yeah. or when he turns up with a, aubergine with a wooden spoon stuck in it it's a persuasive argument but that well i mean i he's he's supposed to be a very engaging figure isn't he he puts videos of himself on youtube where people have come up to him and said you look just like tony hawks (laughs) or where he's like at the skateboarding he he goes to skateboard parks dressed as an old man for his own amusement and uh and uh you know we'll just cream the shit out of those little punks (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure i would have guessed him if you'd said oh there's a there's going to be a a a kind of sports star in (laughs) um in 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 this episode of hager of of yoga who do you think it's going to be um i I don't know if i would have guessed him because i don't think about him very much but if prompted it becomes immediately obvious that yeah that's exactly the sort of thing that he would have been doing Tory Spelling yeah. was the more baffling <laughs> presence yeah, that was, to that me. That was a bit weird. Uh, I don't know how old she is now, but uh, 
or how old she was in 2011. But I don't know whether she would have been going on there for the benefit of her kids or her grandkids. <laughs> and now I don't know whether I'm being horribly unfair. Probably. But anyway. Um, well, no, I need to know. No, no, I need to look it up. Oh, Christ. Tori Spelling. Born May 16th, 1973. She's younger than you. She is younger than me, yeah. yeah. She would have been in the same year at school as me. And that would have been one hell of a year at school. What a party that would have been. So, that's Yo Gabba Gabba. It was very awesome. And it was a Christmas special. Yeah, it, you know. It did everything that the programme title said that it would. Yeah, I, you know, I have nothing further to say. Nothing further to add. Good work all round tomorrow we've been waiting for this well you have you have. <laughs> I, I know you particularly have but uh, uh yeah yeah well no because this is more this is but it's very much up your street this is very much your wheelhouse um, in my manner this is your cultural heritage we're doing. yeah it's um it's the chas and dave christmas knees up from 1982 LWT and, uh, as well. Yeah. Your favourite of all the ITV franchises. It is, yeah, it is right at the top of the list. So that'll be tomorrow. But I think we're done for today. Any further questions? I have nothing more to add. Good, good. Right, well in that case, we'll be back again same time tomorrow. Thanks very much for listening. And goodbye. today merry christmas and happy holidays Bye. here we go ho ho ho, ho.